Hello. Hello. Welcome back to We We Like Like Things Things and and So Should should You. you. A place and time where... Which is right now. Yep. And the place is also here. Uh, Welcome to our show. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome. We talk about things that we like. And you'll probably like it too. Uh, disclaimer, I'm very bad at describing things. And Melissa's better. Moderately. Moderately better. Still still not the best. Well, that's what this whole show is about. We're practicing for the big leagues. <laughs> is that what this show is about? We gotta, we gotta go to regionals. And we gotta, we gotta sell our stuff. Really put it out there. For everyone to love and to support. To have and to hold. I'm Brenny. <laughs> Hello, I am Melissa, and uh, yeah, we already said the premise. We yeah. talk about things we like. Exactly. Brendan and I both pick two things we like. We don't tell each other what those things are until we're about to talk about it, and we talk about it for Ooh. like ten minutes. Do you have like a little like? A little like? Hmm. I didn't really think about it, but I'm gonna think about one right now. Do you have one? Uh, yeah. Um, I am a huge proprietor recently of hot chocolate. Just having hot chocolate. Wait, I think I talked about that. Yeah. We might have. You did talk about it for sure. Which is why when we were at Costco today, I was like, let's buy that. Yeah, hot we chocolate. yeah, we went to Costco and there was a huge thing of hot chocolate. It was thirteen dollars. It's like seventy six cups worth of hot chocolate. It's definitely gonna be like forty something, but okay. <laughs> like that's not <laughs> Let's not get out of control here. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, no. I, I guess what, what really made me think of hot chocolate was the ability to buy things in bulk. That's mm. a good little, like, that that's is Costco. Good. That is good. I mean, non-perishable things for sure. Yeah. Perishable things, less good in bulk, but still good. I guess my little, like, might be buying ready-prepared food. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like making food, but recently we've been so busy and so having Costco chicken pot pie or Costco quiches has really been saving our lives. Or how about them Costco little boy dumplings? Little boy dumplings. Yeah. Those have been good too. Or yeah. Yeah. It's all been good. This, this show has been brought to you by Costco apparently. It hasn't. We have no affiliation. (laughs) (laughs) But if they want to give us money, they can do that. I don't know how advertising works on Trent Radio. Let's not get into that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we like certain things. Um, We like frozen food. We like non-frozen food. In the winter, it's actually better to buy your veggies frozen because they're actually more fresh. Yeah. Yeah. How, uh, how, who's, who's starting today? Hmm. Well, we weren't here last week, so... Yes. Oh, that's another little like. We weren't here last week because Melissa is now a master. Yeah. <laughs> Don't <Thank> be shy. <laughs> Melissa got her master's and she was super stressed, so she had to prepare for that. We had a lot of other things last week, so we had to do that. And now she's a master of the thing that she's mastered in. Yeah. History. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And now, when she's addressed, people have to call her master. Master Melissa. Master Hennig? Master Melissa. Master Lori. 
No. <laughs> That's not my middle name, Brandon. I thought it was. What? No. L- Lorraine. Lorraine. Yeah, it's Lorraine. It's, it's the same. It's One the fine same. dame. It's not the same. It's similar. It's th- You can't th- rhyme dame with Lori. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> One fine dame, Lorraine. Anyways, uh, how about you go first? Because I don't remember. Great. Well, I mean, that is kind of a segue into my thing anyway. What does that mean? Please continue. um, (laughs) My first thing is adventure time. But what what is the segue? Lorraine. Oh, yes. Sorry. The the chicken who is in Bimo Noir. She's a fine dame. Her name's Lorraine. That was the joke I was making. Yes, I apologize. Continue. And uh, anyway, more specifically, um, my thing today is like Adventure Time is such a big thing. So I feel like we can talk about individual things in it as something we like. And that way we could maybe talk about other things about it another week. Sure, yeah. Because we both like it. I don't know. Take the wheel. So anyway, my thing is a specific episode. The first episode I ever watched of Adventure Time wasn't the first episode of adventure time um it was the episode freak city um <laughs> which is the 20th you're gonna play that song what song oh maybe i i continue i thought freak city was a different episode which one did you think it was where finn turns into a foot yeah that is the one yeah you know are you gonna play the song I don't remember what song you're talking about. The song where he tells everyone to get up and stop, like, lazing about because oh, of yeah. their body parts. Oh, yeah, yeah, I gotta yeah, go yeah. find that song. We could put yeah, it on. Yeah, Honestly, I um, was rereading the plot today, and I was like, wow, I don't remember this episode being <laughs> like this. <laughs> it starts off with the best introduction. I, I, yeah. I believe that's the first introduction to Magic Man. Yes, which is, okay, so this is the first episode I ever watched. I'm at a friend's house. It's like a party-type vibe. They just throw Adventure Time on the TV. Just this random episode, episode 20 from season one. I am enthralled by this progression of events that happens. First of all, you have Finn and Jake, the main characters. They come across this man in the woods. Um, The mysterious (laughs) man tells them he is starving and he wants food. So Finn digs into his backpack and gives him a single sugar cube um and jake <laughs> everything about adventure time is so specific but it means nothing it's one of my favorite yeah yeah actually it is specific though so remember the sugar cube okay <laughs> anyway so then jake says you probably um you probably shouldn't give a random man food and finn's like i'm gonna do it anyway he's probably a magic elf who will reward us and so the mysterious man eats the sugar cube and reveals himself as Magic Man, as we just mentioned, and um, which causes the two main characters to think he's pretty cool, pretty nice. Um, and then a really wild thing happens in which a bird lands on Magic Man's hand and um, Magic Man <laughs> just turns the bird inside out. Just it, like it's... <laughs> You should look it up because honestly, it's, it's literally it's very horrifying. Like, there's no like it still has. You can see like bits of fat attached yeah. to the, the muscle that's inside out. Now the it's, bird can't fly. And its wings are meaty, oh. <laughs> which is not it's not right. But anyway, it just literally becomes inside out, revealing the bird's organs. Um, obviously, this disturbs them and. Um, Magic Man repays Finn's generosity by turning him into a giant foot. 
and then Finn freaks out and demands that he's changed back. Um, but then he's told he has to learn a life lesson before he will be changed back from the foot. Um, anyway, so time goes on, time goes on, time goes on. Um, and Finn um, basically falls off this bridge or gets thrown off a bridge um because he's a giant foot and he lands in fire i don't know there's like <laughs> there's, there's, there's non-sequential events essentially they don't um, matter relative anyway so um yeah they find um this place called freak city that has all of these people in it um, who have encountered Magic Man, and they're all different <laughs> body parts. Um, it's so weird. Um, and, yeah, yeah so he, he like, kind of wakes up confident after he has this nap where he sort of um, dreams this song, I No, think. no, he doesn't dream the song. He dreams something weird. But then he was just like, no. Oh, right. He tells them, he kicks them and tells them that they have to fight back to get their bodies back. And so he like, he's this foot. He has this dream that he can like get back to his old body if he just believes in himself sort of thing. He kicks all the other people and he's like, let's go. We got to band together um, to to um, defeat Magic Man. Um, and so anyway, Magic Man again comes back into the battle and they battle for a bit a bit while finn tries to figure out the life lesson they are supposed to learn um finn yells that he should never have given him the sugar cube and that magic man is a jerk and magic man says that they have finally figured out the lesson um which is which is basically just don't give strangers sugar cubes yeah and that magic man sometimes people are jerks there's no yeah um Jake decides that the lesson is to not give your sugar to jerks, and uh... it, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing to this episode. <laughs> it was the introduction of Magic Man, and um, you find out that even though Jake the dog, who is a dog that can, can transform into pretty much whatever he wants uh, functionally, um, he he really. Is wanted like, to be a foot as yeah, well. He really was jealous of Finn and Finn's like, You can turn into a foot whenever you want and he's just like you just you don't get it. You don't understand. You don't understand the power you've been given. He says <laughs> that he could be a foot anytime he wanted and that he turned into a foot twice yesterday. <laughs> and then Jake says it's complicated and that Finn will understand when he's older. Exactly. But one of my favorite parts of this episode ever is the tiny manticore that exists. There is introduced um, in like so kind let, of the beginning of let, the episode. Let's get this straight. So like the episode's great. Yeah. And that's the first introduction. You really brought up this episode because tiny manticore is the thing that you like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Plus it's the first episode of Adventure Time I ever watched. So it's like... No, I haven't watched the first season in a long time, so I feel like I really have to go back to it now. But it's like I'll always remember these like little <laughs> moments from this episode as because it was the first one. I don't remember certain things from it just because like you know you watch a ton of media and then it just like all kind of swivels together. No, but, I understand. I mean, the foot is wild. The bird inside out is wild. But the tiny manticore is really the star of the show. A, he's introduced sort of like kind of at the beginning of the episode he's like trapped in this glass bottle um and he like asks finn and jake to free him 
from his prison. And um, anyway, they like end up freeing him. I think the gla- the bottle breaks. Yeah, something like that. And and then he's like the tiny manticore is kind of like a um, a jerk to Finn and Jake, even though they like rescued him. And and so then he like flies away. And like the last little bit of the episode is just him flying, and he's just like, I'm now in a prison of shame. <laughs> He's like, he escaped his glass prison and now he's just in this prison of shame and he just, it, he just repeats it. And okay, it's not very funny as I explain it, but if you look up this tiny manticore, you could have gone of shame. in so many directions with this episode. And this is, what do you mean? It's no, it's so great. It's just, just describing it. You're just like. Yeah, there's like a little tiny manacore, and he's just the best thing. Yeah, it's just so he's great. Got no, prison it's great. of shame. Prison of shame. But yeah, as uh, Melissa brought up this episode, I just I wanted to play a song from the episode because a lot of the earlier episodes were very randomly musical, and this one just kind of just tells you um, really how well or how Finn was feeling and Put stuff it like on. that. You can leave her. Okay. Seems like a battle that I cannot win Maybe I should lay my head down slow And sleep until it's all over Is this the end Of the hero boy named Finn See this is what This isn't how I go I'm gonna kill it I'm gonna kick last butt And win it To win it I'm gonna take last name And spin on it And kick it Life can just go eat it Cause this is a man's game. Get up, Gork. Huh? Why? I'm not gonna let you lie here <laughs> and waste away. You better get up, Gork, or I'll kick you up. Today's the day. Whoa, okay, man. Just be cool. And I'm not gonna be cool, cause I'm piping hot. Ow! Get up, Trudy. Get up, Tim. I'm not gonna let you rock. Hey, Finn. Jake, stop telling me to enjoy. Being a foot and get out of that trash. <laughs> I can't take you seriously when you're singing, man. Get <laughs> All of you make me sick. I'll fix you with my kicks. Gonna reconstruct your self worth. Break my emotional break. Yeah, I mean, so that definitely starts off as a dream. So that's what I was. You know, I understand. No, but yeah, he. There's just. Um, <laughs> There's Trudy, which I think one of them was an arm, one of them was a torso. There were some tonsils in there, and then Gork was a head. And then they all like formed together to make a very, very deformed body. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting time. But I mean, it's worth it for the tiny manticore. So. Yes, absolutely. But anyway, that was like a very small little, very specific to from that <laughs> show. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening in Adventure Time, so worth another. Look. Another perhaps. gander or go around. All right. Would you like to do <clears throat> your first thing? Sure. My, mine is a little less, uh, uh, what is the word? A little less, a, little, a much more small in, in scope. Adventure Time is, what is it, like Smaller 10? Smaller than that one episode? Smaller than the tiny manticore? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, my thing is simply sleeping or taking a nap. 
That's a big thing, Brendan. It's not. Napping? Napping is not big. It was specifically naps. Could be big. Well, if you're doing big naps, you might... Might as well be doing a sleep. Yeah, that's that's different. (laughs) So, yeah, no, I... um, I remember being younger and thinking like naps were a waste of time and then being older, I still kind of think naps are a waste of time. But if I feel like having a nap, I'm just going to pass out and it'll be the greatest like hour of my life. Um, And as uh, I feel like as you kind of get older, you you appreciate sleep more. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel about naps. So I looked up a bunch of stuff about naps and there's been like a bunch of studies about it. You can find all sorts of like clickbait articles of like, oh, click this to learn 10 to 15, maybe more facts about napping. Um, And then I looked up some like... Take this quiz to find your ultimate nap time. Nap time position and flavor. And and time. Hot chili heat nap. Blueberry pie nap. Lemon meringue. Nap. Chocolate syrup nap. (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, naps specifically, there's, there's like a whole biological reason why they're, they're absolutely useful for you. Um, it, it, like, if I remember correctly, naps are more like natural for the way we function. We like, not to get like, we live in a society, but we really like structured, um, the way we kind of go about life to, to like, um, exclude naps. You you physically can't. Once you wake up, you can't really take a break that's that long or that important yeah. um, until you go back to sleep, mm-hmm. which is a, a total bummer and it's really bad. Uh, naps are yeah. huge. They um, there's a test uh, or a study done by Harvard. Um, they took up, I think they took like twenty to thirty people. They measured how well they slept beforehand, um, and then they split up the group. Half of them did like short, like f- upwards of 45 minute naps. The other half did like two hour naps um, and then came back after two weeks and then four weeks just to mm-hmm. kind of see what was happening. Um, it was noted that taking like longer naps was generally just harder to do. But in, in taking time to have a nap, um, overall, you got like generally two. What was it? Um about like an hour of like a sleep time proper like a sleep time um throughout the whole day so naps in general will just like perk you up Mm -hmm. um and in doing those naps they also in um noticed an increase in rapid eye movement sleep um and what is called slow wave sleep um rapid eye movement is usually known as rem sleep which it's I didn't want to go into, like, the whole biological thing about it. It's basically your brain, like, your brain does, like, almost the opposite of shutting off. It, it, it like, powers through, like, recharging your body. And your eyes literally are, like, fluttering about. It's really, it's really weird to look at. Um, but, yeah, that's, like, the, the huge um, recovery period for your body during your sleep. And the more REM sleep you get, the better. So naps absolutely, like, add to that pool of REM sleep. Mm. Um that's and cool. yeah, no, uh, like taking naps. Um, in, in I, I was looking up coffee and, and tea previously before because one of the funniest things I've learned about caffeine is that um, as soon as you wake up, your brain to to describe it like very easily, your brain um, kind of clears out. There's a chemical that just physically makes you tired, and over time, your brain just builds like makes makes it. 
So as soon as you wake up to the, ta- to the time you go to sleep, your, your brain-, brain makes the chemical that makes you tired. Yeah, because it's just like, hey, we've been up for too long. Stop this. Go- stop. We're so tired. Um, and what I learned about caffeine is that um, it's in the same shape as the, mo- like the, yeah, the caffeine molecule is the same shape as whatever molecule is supposed to make you tired. So it just, it, it fills that hole. So your but, brain thinks it sent it. Yeah, yeah, but it's not actually there. So like there's, it's basically that caffeine rush and then the crash because the caffeine takes up the place and then your brain's like, well, this isn't, this isn't the tired molecule. I'm fine. And then you, you like pseudo wake up, you pseudo get clear. Uh, and then the caffeine goes away, and then it's like, where did all you tired monkeys come from? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and that's that's the crash. When you take a nap, you reset that. And obviously, it's not going to be like a, a full like eight-hour or six-hour sleep, however long you get. But okay. taking a nap like resets that in the middle of the day. You don't need like your general pick-me-ups anymore. Um, you're more alert and you're more you're ready to do more things with your brain like recharged. Um, and there's like so many other different um like general health benefits. I don't like using these whole things that are uh, what is what is the word? Like like those those articles where it's like yeah the the ten best things for ne- sleeping. Um, but there is a website called sleep dot org, and if they don't know sleeping, I'm scared. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like taking naps is really shown to help relieve stress because. Well, just it's literally just taking a break. I'm sure there's like a more biological uh, purpose to it, but um, yeah, just taking that break and, and allowing your brain to cool off, especially in stressful situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, even though I do know about you very specifically. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people, myself included, I can get like this too, um, where when you have stressful situations, you just you start to snowball, um, and it's very bad. Like you'll you'll come home and you have to put away some groceries, but you're you're worried about doing some other work. Um, but there's a bit of a mess in the kitchen, but you can't do the work unless you do something else. Uh, but then you start putting stuff away and you can't put it away properly. Is this an attack? <laughs> Why are you attacking me right I'm now? I'm not saying anything about you. But anyways, the whole point is that like there. This are... literally happened to me. <laughs> you you're the one who's admitting that. I didn't have to say anything. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Continue. It's too real, Brendan. Yeah. Um, no, I. No, I love you. <laughs> I love you very much. And I, I've done that before too, where I can't start my work unless I do something else because it's bothering me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, taking naps like relieves any like that. Well, that build up of stress, um, which might be kind of counterintuitive. Maybe you're too stressed to take a nap, um, and then that's a whole different world of problems. But naps are just good. There, there's. Um, there's uh, there's studies that kind of show that it helps um, reduce tension and, and your risk of heart disease. And I don't know, once you get into that territory, like so many things can increase and decrease your risk for heart disease. So like, who knows what's really going on? There was, a, there was like a study I saw that was like, yeah, the first like 40 minutes after you've stopped smoking cigarettes, like your blood, your blood pressure starts to lower. And it's like, are people smoking cigarettes every 30 minutes? Like, is that... Is that what's happening? I feel like some people do. I know, but like you can't you can't just say a random bit of information like that where it's like, yeah, 40 minutes after you stop smoking, who how many people stop smoking after 40 minutes? Probably more than half of them. So like that's that's like that's yeah. nonsense information. Um but yeah, naps are dope. Naps are so good. <laughs> I I've been neglecting on good. 
I've been neglecting on naps myself because I feel like I don't know if instead of taking a nap I'll just like decompress I'll decompress with like playing video games or something like that and then I'll want to do something in the video game which is great but then it's like if I take a nap I can't do the video game thing and then I'm trapped because I want to stay awake um, but I wholeheartedly stick by napping yeah great what's your next thing don't have anything else to say about naps i don't i don't know what's your ideal nap time it's uh, like how how long or Mm -hmm. um that one's rough because i feel like personally in an ideal world my nap would be like less than an hour or like maybe maybe just about an hour um i've had great naps where i've had like an hour or just under two and it's been great i've had naps where it's like why is it seven o'clock when did i go take this nap mm-hmm. and now i have to go actually sleep what's gonna happen to me mm-hmm. um so ideally like probably an hour or two mm. which seems like such a large chunk of time to waste but then it's relative mm-hmm. yeah. yeah what about you my nap time yeah you've been taking more naps than me yeah, I try and keep it to like 20 to 30 minutes. That's rough. Because yeah. they have to set an alarm. Yeah. I take I take that gamble nap. But I go I always, down and I don't know when I'm coming back up. There's no alarms to yeah, save me. Yeah, I always have to <laughs> set an alarm. Sometimes if I'm like really tired, I'll like give myself the 40 minutes to allow for a little bit more time to fall asleep. But I usually fall asleep really fast. So Very jealous of that. I, I find that my nap time is pretty succinct Mm. and i've even found that like sometimes i nap for 20 minutes and i don't even need the full 20 sometimes i wake up and i'm like i feel pretty good rare occasions look at you uh, sometimes partying partying okay in your sleep yeah okay well my next thing is um another tv show another yes is it is it what is it, is it, is it, no 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 it's, it's not but that's a good one for another time um but yeah it's not that today it's um over the garden wall Ooh, very good yes. um over the garden wall it's one of my favorite tv shows of all time um everything about it is just perfect well, it's a very, it's a very, it's a small, it's a, it's like a TV special. It's, yeah, it's, it's a like limited ten, series. Yeah. Um, it's 10 episodes. Each episode is like 10 minutes. So really you can watch it in like a couple hours. So it's, um, it's almost like watching a movie more than anything. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the different episodes really works for it. They all have like a different focus and, and it theme. helps. Yeah helps create this larger world where you know that more things are going on between the episodes and with the characters but it doesn't seem like you're missing much except for it does seem like they're like understanding the world better yeah so i feel like that really works because you can't really have a movie and just like time jump that much um if it's continuous but anyway um essentially the story is there are two boys who are brothers named Wirt and Greg, and they find themselves in a forest, and they're not sure how to get home. 
Um, and then there's some weird stuff that happens. There's talking birds. They find this like woodsman in the forest who's grinding sticks into oil for his lantern. The Edelwood trees. The Edelwood trees. Um, <clears throat> they soon find out about the legend of the beast that lives in the forest um, and something that they should avoid. Um, they immediately worry that the huntsman is in fact the beast. Um, and when actually it turns out he's just quite an okay guy. But I won't talk about it too much more because I uh, don't want to ruin it for you because I really think you should watch it because it's a really good thing that I like. Um, and, I mean, another thing about it that's really special is um, just it has this, like, really great, like, almost, like, sepia color scheme where everything is very like victorian it's very victorian and it's very fall aesthetic everything is like super like oranges and like greens and browns and it's really beautiful to watch um i think it came out closer to like halloween a a few years ago too so yeah Mm -hmm. and um, another thing that i really love about it is the music so I'm going to probably put on a, a song for you from it. Um, while I'm looking for that, I'll talk about some other things about it that I really enjoy. Um, the one character, Greg, who is like a child, like he's really young, he says some of the best lines ever. Like he is so cute. Um, there's this one part in the first episode where he has all this like candy in his overalls and he just like throws it up and he says, candy camouflage. Because they're, yeah, they're running away from a monster. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just so cute. And um, he always goes, he's like, um, oh, hey, brother, oh, mine, and says, like, things He's very whimsical. He is very whimsical. He has this, like, rock that he carries around that has a face on it. And he stole it from old lady Daniels, and who is not an old lady, as she will say. (laughs) (laughs) And he pulls it out from his overalls and he'll say something ridiculous s- ridiculous like if you leave raisins in grape juice long enough they turn back into grapes that's a rock fact <laughs> and so he says all these rock facts and they are very cute and honestly it's just his characterization is extremely adorable yeah it's it's really great because we're uh, no sorry greg is He's the classic, like, he's he's almost, like, classically naive. Um, but as you're progressing through the story, you can see, like, a lot of... You, you can tell that he's he, he's grasping the situations. He's just very whimsical about it. Um, one of my favorite things that I've started to say now is he'll, anytime something happens bad or good, he'll be like, well, ain't that the way. Yeah. And now I just say that to everybody, and it's it just... It just... It, it makes me it, feel good because... It's just so cute. Yeah. And, yeah, and also Wirt, his brother, is played by Elijah Wood. Oh, yeah, which is amazing. Uh, to see Elijah Wood take such a, like, he, he, you could tell, that, like, he's, he's, only, he's only, like, 15 or, 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 oops, he's only, like, 15 or 16. And um, so he has this, like, maturity that he's trying to, like, grow into as fast as possible. But you can still uh, tell he's just, like, a goofy kid. I can't decide which song to play do not play that one okay. play like the intro song or something oh that one's good yeah yeah okay there's a lot of good songs so it's hard for me to pick from but brennan is suggesting i don't play this one song mostly because i feel like it's, it's very integral yes 
Well, it's not even that. It's that it, if you don't know the context, it might be the most annoying song. And <laughs> okay, I, I get where you're coming from. Um, anyway, this song is called "Patient Is the Night," and it is from a little sequence that happens um, when they're doing some yard work for some people who have pumpkin heads. And here's the song. Among the fields of straw and stove, clocked in till the work day's over. Time's a gentle stream. Longer than it seems Patient is the night How long to see her face now Her starry moonlit gaze now I know she's never late Still anxiously I wait Patient is the night Yeah, it's such a nice... It's just like, imagine that song playing well. There's like a little montage of some people just like in this like They're... really great rendered and beautiful like, like field th- yeah they're just like they're they're just like plowing and they're picking um, stuff picking stuff digging holes like it's just like a great montage and like that that band is called the blasting company that's that's the band who does all the music for yeah, the yeah. show yeah yeah it, it, like their whole their whole thing i don't know if they were made for the show or yeah that's what I figured. Um, you can find their music on Spotify. Like their whole jam is to be that like slow, um, well, they just also, like comforting. Yeah, they also put out all the other songs on the in the show, and a lot of them are very cutesy and yes. like repetitive. And so, if that's not your jam, it's totally my jam. So I love those songs, but um, it is like a really interesting mix of of um, songs in that mm. show. Anyway. It's um, a beautiful show. The story is incredible. And it's really sad, but also, like, adorable and funny. John Cleese is in it, which was amazing. As multiple characters. Yeah. Um, it's just very good. There's a horse that likes to steal. Yeah. There's, like, this one part when they're, like, trying to decide what they're going to do in this big manor that they've found themselves in. It's, like, Endicott's manor, who is this tea typhoon. and Typhoon? Mm, yes. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking Tycoon. For? You're no, you're oh, I just my gosh. I, I it was an honest mistake and I thought you'd get it right away and you, I, you I didn't. I, I was just going. I was blazing past it. He's a roller coaster tycoon and anyway, he's a tea tycoon. I thought I would use some alliteration and it just messed me all up. Well, that's fair. So anyway, 
and they find themselves in his manor, which is beautiful, and they are in need of some money to get passage on a boat to find Adelaide of the pasture. And so they try and get money from his house, and they're going to steal. And they're all talking about, oh, should we steal? Should we not steal? And then they're like, oh, let's ask Fred the horse. And he's just like, I want to steal. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, like, it's so jarring because you don't expect it. You, yeah. A, you don't expect his voice to be that way. And B, like, just, yeah, there was nothing, nothing could prepare you for that moment. But, um, that's really good. Anyway, I highly, 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 highly recommend. I can't recommend anything more than that show. It's like my favorite thing I've ever, I've ever seen. Yeah. It's so perfect. So, anyway. Should I talk about it more? Or no, I don't know. If that's all you have, that's it. That's all I have. Ain't that the way? Yeah. Ain't that a rock fact? No. <laughs> no, you don't get to mash it together. It's one or the other. Okay. Fair. Alrighty. <laughs> What's um, your other thing? My other thing is a video game that I happen to be currently playing. Death Stranding. Death Stranding. It is one of the most confusing games I've ever experienced. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know anything about Death Stranding. So Death Stranding, it's a game made by uh, Hideo Kojima. Uh, Kojima Productions, everything of that nature. Um, he used to work on... Uh, Hideo Kojima was like the director um, for... What is that game series called? Metal Gear Solid. Um, he's widely known, like, Metal Gear Solid had, like, a wild track of, of, of doing, like, all these crazy things in the games. Um, there was, apparently there was rumors that he wanted some of the game's, uh, production in Metal Gear Solid. Like, he wanted you to be able to, like, destroy the game physically. Like, if you did something wrong in the actual game, like, the disc would pop out or eject or, like, it would, like, burn... Like, it would scar the disc. It was a whole thing. Like, apparently he had all these ideas, and people were like, no, Hideo, you can't do that. (laughs) Just make a game. (laughs) Um, And in in relation to that, he, when he did, I think it was Metal Gear Solid 4, um, there is more cutscene time than there is gameplay. Or something of that nature. I don't don't exactly remember. In Metal Gear? Yeah, one of the Metal Gear Solid games. Hmm. Um... I think I'm pretty sure it was number four. It was widely regarded as like, hey, do you want to watch a movie and play a little bit versus the right. traditional video gamer? Right. Obviously, it's the opposite. Um, so, yeah, he's widely known. He has all these crazy ideas. Everybody loves him for the most part. And, um, yeah, he's just like a really great he, – he has he's, has such a, like an, an ingenious brain with, with how he wants to develop these things. Um, I believe it was in 2015 or 16, um, he put out this demo. It was called PT. And it was only on PlayStation. It was this whole... It, the, basically, you would you would roam around this like haunted house. You, you were kind of stuck in a loop. And you would go down a hallway, make a right, um, down another hallway, and through like a basement door. And you would end up in the like the beginning hallway where you entered. Um, and it was like this very horror, creepy um, um, house that you were in, and you would be—you're constantly followed by this like one ghost. Um, she's just like terrorizing you. You're trying to find all these like secrets in this loop of a demo. And when you beat the demo, um, you exit the house, um, 
and you come out to the street. How many and, times do you have to do the loop? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know what the appropriate amount of times are. It's a minimum of like 30. And then you get to leave? The well, you, you have to figure it out within those loops, though. So if you don't, uh, if you don't do it, then you have to continue to do the loop. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, and there's, like, there's a radio sometimes playing in the background, and there's a point where you go up to the radio, and it, the radio is telling you a story. Like, um, oh, yes, um, we're here to doc- like, um, tell you about this, uh, this uh, story, this... Uh, what what do you call it? Like a like a radio broadcast where they're just telling you the news, and he's like, "Yeah, we're we're um, we just heard about this one thing where um, this woman uh, was killed. Her whole fam- like her family was killed by the husband, and it was this graphic, gory thing. And he, like, it's obviously like this is weird because you're telling me on the radio. And then the radio broadcaster in the middle of his story, he starts to kind of slip in like, and whatever you do, don't uh, you should turn around. You should turn around. Turn around right." now and like that's horrifying yeah it's the worst thing ever and every time i've ever played pt um i've never turned around i just kept 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 going because every if you do get caught by the ghost it's the most terrifying thing in the entire world um so anyways when you leave the house you you exit um the camera pans up you find out you're norman reedus and the game is going to be the new silent hill um flash forward a couple of years and a couple of whole things um Hideo Kojima is like ostracized by Konami which is where he originally came from mm-hmm. uh, the company and then he was like you know what I like Norman Reedus and screw you guys I'm making my own game so he he made Kojima Productions Death Stranding is his first game he kept Norman Reedus he made friends with um Guillermo del Toro um while they were working on this PT game, the Silent Hill game, mm-hmm. Guillermo is now affiliated with this game. Um, Mads Nicholson. Mads Nicholson <clears throat> is in this game. He is now the antagonist. There, are, there's a bunch of other faces that I've recognized that I can't tell. Troy Baker is the like one of the major bad guys, and he's a huge name in in voice acting. Uh, yeah, voice voice acting. Um, it's just become this huge game. Um, and when they started releasing trailers for it. Um, you like the first trailer you saw Norman Reedus on this like beach and like it was a black sand beach and he's holding this baby um and like he's just crying and like once he like wakes up he realizes the baby's there he's like crying um and then he hugs the baby and then the camera pans and then you see that the baby's not there um and he's on this beach and he's he's covered in handprints and they're all black um and as the baby disappeared, you see, like, black handprints covering his leg as if the baby is, like, moving across. You have no idea what's going on. He looks up into the sky. There's, there's like, five or six different figures shadowed that are, like, connected by, like, almost like an umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all made of shadow. They're, they're clearly adults. Um, and then it just cuts and it's Death Stranding. So that was the first thing we were given. And we were like, okay, tell me more. And we were given more gameplay and more trailers. All we know is that Mads Mikkelsen is probably the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's character, it's his likeness is used, but now that I've played the game, like it's not his voice, which is fine. Um, he's involved in some capacity. Um, but yeah, in playing the game, uh, the easiest way to describe it, um, it is a UPS simulator. Yeah, every time I watch Brendan play it, he just has like a thousand packages on his back and he's just trying to walk. That's literally all I've seen you do is just try and walk. And like for all intents and purposes, it's not 
As much as I would absolutely sell this game to every living soul on the planet, it's not for everyone. I knew yeah. what this game was going to be, and I knew I'd like it, so I went and bought it. Yeah. If someone is like, oh, that's the new game, should I get it? <laughs> like, I would have to debrief them for, like, ten minutes to figure this out. Yeah, um, yeah I don't think if I don't think I have the patience. No, that. like, and that's the thing. I don't think, I wanted to uh, lend my buddy this game, uh, Adam, and I don't think he's going to care. I'm, I'm just going to, like, hey, this is what happens. He's going to be like, that's so wild. Yeah. Tell me more. Don't sh- don't let me play the game. Just tell yeah. me. Yeah, well, that's, like, as soon as you started playing it, I was like, this is really cool. Like, I love all the mystery. So I immediately just looked it up, and I was like, I'm never going to play this. So I just want to know what's yeah. going to happen. Um, uh, thank you for not spoiling that for me. So far, I've played maybe, like, five or seven hours. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on in this game still. Yeah. So far, all I know is that the world, we, we're currently in like a a blown up United States of America. Um, and the company I'm delivering for is called Bridges. Um, and their whole thing is that they want to reconnect the world after this like catastrophic event has happened. Whatever the event was, um, basically there, there was like a... Uh, a fine line between life and death that had been crossed and now death is kind of seeping into life and that's that's what i've gathered so far mm-hmm. um the the dead beings that are kind of connected by this umbilical cord that you kind of see the this shadowy figures they're called bts not sure what that stands for i'm sure i have the information somewhere in the game there are like interviews you can um let me rephrase this. As you progress through the game, you can find like all sorts of like data logs and, and different interviews that in-game characters are having. Mm. They don't force you to listen to them though. So like I once I realized that I had all these, I have like pages of stuff to read, which I'm very excited about, but it's like I want to deliver yeah. stuff. <laughs> Gotta get those deliveries out on time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically in the world there are porters, which you are as as Norman Reedus. His name is Sam uh Porter Bridges because he's a porter who works for the company Bridges. It's a whole it seems very like wayward as to how this civilization is. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, some people need things and he's one of the few people that will that will basically brave the world. Um he is also what is t- deemed as dooms. So he has dooms. It is it is definitely an anagram, not an anagram. Um, an acronym. He's definitely an acronym. Not sure what that acronym means, mm-hmm. but it means he has the capacity to interact with these BTs, these like dead, like across the across the line of death beings that are, that exist mm-hmm. in like the living world. Um, you find out that he's a level two, that he can sense them, but he can't see them. Um, so yeah, I wonder if you'll find out what they actually look like. Yeah, or like what, how many levels there are and like what's happening. I think one guy I encountered was like a level seven and he like spawned like a massive BT that basically was like a basically like a squid and a whale put together and I had to kill it. Yeah. It was a whole thing. And I still don't know what's going on. This is like yeah. I'm so excited for this game. But I, oh yeah, go. Yeah. I was just gonna say that I really love the idea of like you know, I feel like a really good story like shows you but doesn't tell you, and I feel like that's just like a classic. Yeah, thing. like it's it had but, me very intrigued, but, but yeah. I still don't know what's happening. Yeah, and I feel like in video games, especially, it's like hard to do that yes. because you want people to be invested in the story right away. So yeah. if you don't give them some reason to like be involved and like they'll, enjoy they'll drop it. Off. Yeah, but also, like, I feel like this game has really, like, introduced the story in the most mundane way ever. Like, just do your day job and maybe you'll figure yeah. out what's happening. And it, it's, it, they, like, 
Hideo Kojima really went on like a like a he really gambled with this game. I have no doubts that he will this game will be eventually successful. Uh-huh. It's it's not for everyone. It's not like a Call of Duty game. You can't just sell it to someone who likes shooters. You can't sell it to someone who likes role playing because it's not the same kind of role play. Like, yeah, it's like a survival game. Almost. Yeah, but and, and like yeah. So as you're as you're trying to deliver packages, you literally you you basically have like a backpack and a whole harness to help you carry too many things. So you essentially you start off the game being able to carry like 120 kilograms on your back or all over your suit. Um, and like it's so you're right it's so mundane like to get from one area to another you basically you're you're traveling like in-game kilometers Mm -hmm. and like things are like one or two kilometers away and you just gotta walk there and it's like that's the game and i it's so rewarding to get there and and to like make the delivery it's so frustrating to like be encumbered by literally rocks that are just in your way you're you're carrying a backpack that is like twice your height so your center of gravity is all wayward and you step over a rock and you start like like careening to the right hand side because you have to figure it out yeah well watching you play it and just like i don't know every once in a while i like look at brendan playing it and like one of three things is happening number one he's just struggling to walk yeah number two he's falling in some kind of water and floundering trying to get back up from the water because yeah. you fall over and in, in, if the water's too deep you just you just you, you lose you all your stuff you become a turtle on your back and it, it's it's awful too because if all your stuff drops it might not get too damaged but you have to go pick it all up like it's yeah. not there's no like quick like oh just reset it's like no you have to physically go over to the item put it on your back and just just like repile yeah. everything yeah and the third condition is um walking slash driving and all of this weird black stuff comes yes. up and starts getting you and that's really you don't like that so much it's so they, this game has done a really great job at, at, at showcasing like a, a terrifying type of horror it's not gory um but it's it's um it's just like it's just spooky it's just it's this, just like it's like a fear of like drowning type thing yeah. but the water is just tar Bla- yeah um, so when you ex- when you encounter these BTs in the world, um, if they get too close to you, they'll be drawn to you, and then they will like latch onto you and try to kill you. Um, if you get killed in this way, um, I haven't like I haven't died again because um, you die in canon. Um, but uh, if you get killed in this way, what apparently I believe is supposed to happen is that you there's what's called a void out, basically a crater. Um, a few kilometers wide just appears um, as the destruction of this like interaction between life and death. Mm-hmm. Um, and during your experience of a void out, like you were able to like revive yourself. Mm. They basically do a tutorial type situation where you you ha- forcefully experience death, and then you revive, and you have to like a part of the the gameplay mechanics. You have to like. Um, uh, like tether, find your soul, and t- and like pull on that tether to bring your soul back to your body. Oh. Yeah. Um, another thing that Melissa hasn't actually seen me do is that you will legitimately have to sit down. You have to. You there are shoes that you have to make sure you have, because if you don't have the appropriate shoes, if your shoes get damaged, your feet will get damaged, and you won't be able to walk, and it'll destroy you as like a, as your body. So your stamina will go down. Like you, ha- you physically have to rest. Parts of the game I've spent. Uh, I sit down as long as it's in a safe area and I just go to sleep 
and in game time, I'll sleep for like a couple of minutes, and then I'll get back up and be like, "Yep, I, I this is, I gotta keep going, I gotta make these deliveries." <sighs> like, it's not a game for everyone. I, I want to make that very clear. But it's it's such a unique experience. I'm having such a good time doing all these mundane things. Like, literally, it's. But it's also like in this cool, like futuristic yeah. dystopia, where like you're figuring out all these neat like plots that are happening so i feel like even though it's very mundane it's like the farthest thing from mundane yeah like it they did such a good job at being like hey this is a game this is absolutely like a walking game but the world you're walking through is the wildest thing you've ever experienced yeah so like that's that's what it is yeah um just gotta keep walking walk until you can't walk no more and then walk a little bit more and then then maybe you'll get to the next part of the story yeah exactly like um what was it i most of the cutscenes, like you don't know when you exactly you're getting a cutscene for the most part and some of them are quite long as well which is i think is pretty neat but again it, it won't really hold every other like consumer going from like a walking simulator to a cutscene that like explains maybe a quarter of what's going on in the world because you as a player are an outsider but sam knows what's going on everybody else you interact with knows what's going on but you as an outsider have come into this world at this point in time so you're trying to figure it out from here and it's it is buck wild um yeah that's wild yeah, I don't. I, that's that's pretty much it. Like, I I am so excited for this game. I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, so far, I haven't like received a gun. I don't know if there are guns in this game yet. Um, but um, you find out in the game that like your bodily fluids are are reactive against the BTs, so they start making like they give you the technology to make like grenades out of your blood or they give you like Ew. yeah it's like you, if you use it too much and you don't have like blood but packs I guess, on like, you that's like the bts seem like they're really connected to death and like those are <gasps> things connected to life yeah yeah maybe i think it's the the fact that like you're associated with this dooms type of right. thing as well i forgot about the bbs the bb is what's called a bridge baby and I'll be very quick because we're running out of time. Um, Baby. Yeah. So you basically, throughout your playing, you you basically get this equipment. And it's it's literally a baby in an artificial womb. It's called the BB, a bridge baby. Um, it's basically the these equipment. It is a real baby. But they're, yeah. they're trying to dissociate themselves because they don't want to like get too attached. Because if, if the equipment dies, then they can't save it. So... When a, I, I think it's when a mother like dies in, and the baby dies in stillbirth, uh, because that baby is directly on the line of life and death, they save it from that stillbirth and they put it in this artificial womb that keeps that like um, state of existence. Mm-hmm. So they're in this artificial womb, and then you connect to it to help you sense BTs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the baby can get stressed out because BTs are terrifying. So another gameplay mechanic is that if you don't if you don't go home and like not not like play with your your bridge baby, but if you don't like like take in, care of it, yeah, if you don't take care of it, interact with it, it will get too stressed, and if it gets too stressed, it will like shut down. It's called like ap- apoxahemia or whatever, and if it shuts down, you will not be able to see BTs. 
So if you're in a bad, like I've never had that experience. Also, but if, it starts crying from uh, like, your a controller. controller. You could you could change the TV, but the default is that it's crying from your controller, and I was like losing my shit. Yeah, I was I was absolutely losing my mind. I thought our guinea pigs were in trouble. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what is that sound? Why are our guinea pigs crying? Uh, but yeah, and like every time you connect to the the bridge, baby, you kind of see its its memories. And in all of its memories so far, I'm just seeing Mads Mikkelsen talk to this baby and be like, "Daddy's here. You're, I'm your father. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you out of here." And you're like, "A, where is this baby? B, what's going on? Because the baby's clearly in this pod still. C, like, maybe it's like the mother's memories. No, it's it's definitely the baby's memories. Like they made that clear. Mm. But like." Is this baby that I'm physically holding originally Mads Mikkelsen's character's like actual baby that they mm. could not save, so they made it into a bridge baby? Mm. And like, maybe am I gonna have to talk to Mads Mikkelsen and be like, "Yo, I got your kid. Also, step off because you're clearly the bad guy." I have no idea what's going on in this game, and I uh, it, it's it's still my favorite. I'm having such a good time doing nothing. Yeah. Oh, one last thing. I got like 30 seconds before we have to like close off and sign off. Um, there's also like a weird Dark Souls mechanic to it where they've introduced the idea of the multiverse so you can interact with different structures that other players have left behind. Mm. So I can leave down a set of ladders to help me cross like a stream or like get up a, a very steep cl- uh, slope. Mm-hmm. And then if that just remains there, other players in other, obviously other worlds will be able to interact with that ladder and then you can give them likes and likes are used, are basically your level up system. So the more you interact with the world and the more, like I could set down a generator in one area that's convenient for me, but then everybody who's playing like connected or tethered to that server can see that generator mm. and then they can also use it. And then if it's useful, like I, I keep passing by this bridge. It's like the fr- probably the first bridge that was ever like put into the game. Um, it has like over like 10,000 likes. Mm-hmm. And now this guy, like character's avatar is like sitting there every time you pass by it. And it's like the, the first thing that I've ever seen that was like, that's too much. That had to be here like since the beginning. It's also yeah. like a very good placement for a bridge. Yeah. Anyways, this game is buck wild. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're almost out of time. So yes, uh, thank gonna... you, Matt, for your uh, your background music. You've yeah. also listened to all of our shows because I'm finding a way to put it online. And I'll... I'll talk about that later. I'm clearly taking up too much time. Yes, thank you. Uh, and thank you to uh, Jim Parrott and Matt Campbell, Luca, Last Universal Common Ancestor, for playing us off with uh, Spiral Arms. I keep slapping Melissa because <laughs> I'm taking up too much time. Uh, thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye. We like things. So should you. Yeah.